Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit OldRaleighDistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. I give it to someone else. I'm, I'm grateful, but somebody else deserves it. And I said, no list can be complete without you on it. People, just, would, people would think that we had lost our minds. You have shaped and changed our city in ways that no one could have imagined. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. March is Women's History Month, and March 8th is International Women's Day. And it may or may not surprise you that we live in a city and in a moment where the highest profile positions are held by women. True placemakers and changemakers, it is women who are leading and shaping our community while setting the tone and pace for all its citizens. This includes the women we celebrate in our March issue, our elite cast of women shaping the future of Raleigh. With me today is Raleigh Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Melissa Housem, to talk about these ladies and all they're doing to shape our future. Thank you for having me. Um, it's definitely an honor to be a part of this feature in this moment. Um, it's very humbling to live in a city where the women have shattered and are continuing to shatter so many glass ceilings all around us. Yeah. Look around. The mayor, the police chief, the city manager, city council at large, Wake County DA, chamber CEO and president. And to honor the remarkable truth and triumph that women who lead our city, we decide to lean in. We ask you to nominate, we ask our readers to nominate women that are shaping our future. We received 75 nominations. Think about these as architects, city planners, commercial realtors, recruiters, nonprofits, really organizations that are changing the way and the future of our city. And we chose 19. The city is just teeming with visionary women, and it was no small task for us to select the finalists. They were inspired by the brilliance and determination of the women before them, the women that we chose. And this is from Ruth Bader Ginsburg to an orphan grandmother turned successful government spy. Mm -hmm. No joke. Um, they were taught women could rise to be whatever they dreamed with hard work and grit. One of the first women we're honoring is Callie Walker. She's the senior development manager of Kane Realty Corporation. And she said in the interview, quote, building our city's future can feel overwhelming at times. But if we, those who live here and are invested in the long-term vitality of our city, aren't the ones planning for the future, then who will? I really enjoyed meeting her. So I got a chance to meet all of these women. 
And many of them were nominated by multiple people. So 75 women were nominated, but multiple people nominated them. Right. And hundred, uh, hundreds of nominations. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was really, you know, after doing all the research and making the selection process, we photographed each that you'll see in the magazine um, at Union Station. And so each showed up for their appointment. And it was just, you know, they were obviously gracious and happy to be included. And they, they were so curious about who else was on the list oh, yeah. and who were they were included with. But Callie was really funny because we positioned her for the photos, and thanks to Jennifer Robertson Photography, who is amazing and makes everyone look fantastic, but, you know, we call her the headshot queen. But she was photographing Callie, and Callie turns around and looks over her right shoulder, and she goes, I worked on that building. And I thought that was such a cool moment for her to talk about being involved in helping design and create that space working with Kane. Yeah. I mean, it really is a full circle moment when you're there to some extent, there's a literal component here of shaping the city. And so that that's kind of just poetic justice that she worked on that for this photo shoot. But in her eight years at Kane, she has overseen more than a billion dollars in development projects in the city. I mean, think about that. And so that also includes the Dillon Peace Apartments, Publix Grocery Store, Smoky Hollow, North Hills Main District Expansion Project, which is a mouthful. Um, and that's just, you know, to name some. And so she's literally helped shape the skyline of Raleigh tremendously. She had another quote that I really liked, which is, these projects create the places where Raleigh residents will live, work, eat, shop, and spend their free time. And it is truly an honor to have even a small part in shaping our community. <laughs> I also really liked her MO, which was, if not us... Who, if not here, where? Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, they're all impressive, but I really loved what she said. And it was it was a really sweet moment to watch her look over the shoulder at that building and think, I mean, that's gotta be a cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And and all of these women have things like that. Kristen Hess, who I know personally, but is CEO and principal at HH Architecture. She has quite literally shaped and built the city we live in, and I loved her advice. Take a seat at the table, even when it feels like you don't belong there. That is so cool. I think a lot of this is, and I love that we do this, we ask them these sort of nuggets, which you'll see in the feature of like what you would tell your 20-year-old self now or your biggest inspiration, and we ask them all these things, and then we cherry pick for mm-hmm. each person what what ones we think color them best um, or, or and also make the best feature altogether and, like, comprise the group um, and also show who they are individually. So well, another thing she said that was interesting was that her biggest inspiration was her mentor, master architect Wayne Schmidt, but because when she was three, he said that she would be an architect one day. And then she said, and here I am, you know, I have this business. And so – and she's done a lot of great work in the city – Oh, I mean, the the Steve uh, Steve Troxler Agriculture Services Center. I mean, she works. She worked on the bond campaign for the city. I mean, she's won so many awards. I like to say she's a lifelong um, Girl Scout, which she is. And she's always pitching, pushing cookies. And her daughter has been in Girl Scouts, uh, you know, since she could yeah. walk. Yeah, she's also got a fellowship where she's um, tasked with introducing global leaders to what makes Raleigh great. Right. And so in so many ways, the, her pushing Raleigh forward. She, Oh, yeah. Well, and it's the same. I mean, another one that was on the list is uh, Kimri Achenbron, who is with JLL. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really interesting. Kimri grew up in Dallas, went to school at Texas A&M, was a 
you know, D1 collegiate athlete, swimmer. I would have thought, knowing how much how much she loves Texas, she would have never left Texas. She came here to be the broker in charge and open this office. Yeah. And she loves Raleigh. Someone asked her at the Stadium Series game recently, when are you going back to Dallas? And she goes, oh, no. I visit Dallas. I live in Raleigh. I love that. I <laughs> was, I mean, it, you know, I don't think I'll ever forget that. But, I mean, she's working on projects like the, the RTP hub. Mm-hmm. And but but not just that. All over the city, JLL's involved, and in, in under her leadership, um, she was also named the 2018 Real Estate Forum Women to Watch. And you know, she's done a lot of great work in the hopes of, in her own words, increasing sustainable innovation and transformation within the community. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to grow Raleigh in a healthy way, in a vibrant way, in an innovative way, um, and. Her, she, when asked to describe herself in three words, she said, loves a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. And it's funny, you know her better than we do. But after interviewing her, when we, we wrote the feature, um, we called her a powerhouse. So mm-hmm. I thought that was funny the way you just described her totally jived at that. But. Absolutely. I mean, cool lady. This list would not be complete if Dr. Dilla from Shaw University was not on here. I mean, she, as as Melissa calls her, Shaw University's leading lady. I mean, she really is, and and has changed the future there. Yeah, I mean, she's leading North Carolina's first HBCU, and her mo, you know, it it's it's really like a window into who they are and their soul when you when they answer these questions because you don't know like. You know, I've I've spoken to her before, but you don't know how serious somebody leading a major university is going to be, you mm-hmm. know, like they're an academic. Right. And so her M.O. is and, and she obviously is very brilliant, but it's like she's so down to earth. Her mm-hmm. M.O. is it's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling good. Of course, the Nina Simone lyrics from the hit song. And she also talked about how Raleigh has a special vibe that invites engagement and makes you want to be part of the city and it's a vibe she's helping shape very much. Well, and I'm excited for us to tell the story about that Shaw U district that she's creating. Absolutely. Um, and she's also involved in Fayetteville Street, the revitalization of what's going on and the reconfiguration, resurgence, all of that. Yeah. When we broke that Fayetteville Street story last summer, we mentioned some major players that were on um, in a group that were tasked with making Raleigh great again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And she was on, she's part of that group. And so I love the the footprint she's leaving on the community. Um, she described herself as tough and tender. Yeah. And I think you can kind of see that in her answers. And um, Shaw Yu, you know, we can say a little bit about it. She is, she is directly involved with re-envisioning the future of higher education, to put it frankly. I mean, it's going to be a downtown destination. Uh, the way she described it is that it will serve as a model for envisioning the future of higher education to celebrate black culture, promote entrepreneurship, provide em- employment, and create a vibrant mixed-use urban living community that will transform the lives of everyone who comes here. Right. I mean, I mean, no big deal, right? <laughs> and, and she's not just thinking about university students and dorms on campus. She's right. thinking about the entire community, which is, again, shaping the future of our city. Absolutely. And, of course, no list in Raleigh would be complete without Maggie Kane. And and you got to love Maggie. Maggie had just returned from being on the Kelly, uh, Kelly Clarkson show mm-hmm. and receiving $10,000 toward a place at the table. Maggie said, I, give it to someone else. I'm, I'm grateful, but somebody else deserves it. And I said, you know, Maggie, no list can be complete without you on it. People, th- would, people would think that we had— 
lost our minds. Yeah. You have shaped and changed our city in ways that no one could have imagined. Yeah, I was going to say when you said no, no list would be complete without her. If she had it her way, she wouldn't have been on it because she's right. so humble. But, she is. You know. Um, anyway, she, she. a lot of people know who Maggie is. Um, she's the executive director and founder of A Place at the Table. And if you haven't been there, please go there and eat. It's really um, been an uplifting venture and profitable business, and business endeavor for the community. You know, I think in the photograph, when we photographed Maggie, she shows up with her jeans and her T-shirt and her black blazer, and she goes, okay, I want my shirt to show. And she pulls her jacket open, and it says, as strong as the woman next to me. Mm -hmm. And that was the most it. important thing she wanted to make sure that everyone knew from that photo. That actually goes with what she said, the thing she would tell her 20-year-old self, celebrate everything, spend time with your humans, hire people better than you, and jump out of that airplane. But I was always stuck on the hire people better than you. Yes. Every time I read it, that was the part that jumped out at me. Yes. She's very much a pioneer of lifting up the people around her and not ever taking credit for mm -hmm. the ideas that she's had, even though they're hers. Right. So. Maggie's not the only sort of nonprofit leader that's made the list. There's Lindsay and Gabby from 321 Coffee, and Gabby's Powered by Special Abilities. I mean, these are two 20-something women who really are changing the way that people with special needs are looked at in the community and, and how they live and work and interact. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are serving Java and Joy, and they see— they see something in people that has been recognized nationally. I mean, between them, they've been on the Today Show, the Kelly Clarkson Show. And, you know, Lindsay has talked at great length um, on a, multiple stages and platforms about how she grew up with some friends who had special uh, needs, and she never saw that. She didn't know any different. She didn't see them any differently from herself. But as you get older, you see the world start to treat them differently um, and the world only wanting to give them sort of janitorial positions or things right. like that. And so she started her business in a dorm room with her business partner at NC State, and it grew out of passion and triumph and a lot of, they say, community support. And it grew and it grew. And now it's, I mean, how many locations? They've got the one in the Glenwood One Tower. They've got the one in Pendo. Oh. They, I mean, it's just exploding. Yeah. You know, on the other side, Gabby is creating something similar, but she herself has Down syndrome. And she has started this company and triumphed and also been able to lift up the community around her, which she's a part of, and show that, you know, people, that they're no different just because mm -hmm. they might have um, a special need or a disability. Um, that it really is about inclusion and awareness. And, and the message that they're sending is such a feel-good message. And I remember seeing the Today Show clip and them talking about it was really like, it's a, you know, a play on words really, but like a cup of coffee we could all drink in. Right. You know, like oh. we, we, that we could learn something from them. And they're just channeling big dreams into betterment. And I think it's pretty cool. So they're definitely shaping a better community for all of us. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE 
to 919-701-0202. into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers, and eight rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, Catch the big game on multiple TVs or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixX.com. You know, again, each of these gets better. I feel like every time we tell one story, the next person's story is <laughs> But wait, better. there's and, more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're not gonna we're not gonna give you all 19. You gotta pick up the magazine. But you know, Ashley Campbell, um, Chief Executive Officer for Legal Aid of North Carolina. I mean, Ashley began her career at Legal Aid as a staff attorney, I mean, was a volunteer. Um, she's taught, been a professor at Campbell University Law School University or University Law School. She's done incredible things, but now she's back there as executive officer. And, I mean, she has grand plans. She is changing. She wants to move their office to a location that's more convenient for the community that she's serving. She just um, – there's so much more. When we started talking about shaping Raleigh, when you say shaping Raleigh, it sounds like roads. It sounds like buildings. It sounds like mm-hmm. parks. And all of that's part of it. But it's shaping our community. It's lifting up our community, which is exactly what Maggie and Gabby and Lindsay Mm -hmm. and Ashley are doing. It's lifting everyone up. And I'm so glad she's on the list. I was actually, I was excited to see her because we had talked about her before. I was excited to see the nominations come through and other people recognize the work Mm -hmm. that she's doing. It's very impactful. And I would be remiss not to mention what she would tell her 20-year-old self, (laughs) which made me laugh. You look ridiculous in those black combat boots. <laughs> but girl, wear them. <laughs> wear right. them. Wear them. So um, that's a good jump to the next person. It is. And <laughs> um, and this is a name that most people know. Cindy Eckert, um, CEO of Sprout Pharmaceuticals and the Pink Ceiling. And also female Viagra. Yeah, she's the so name behind that, that. She's the name <laughs> and the woman behind that. And absolutely the woman in pink. That's right. That's her. That's right. Yeah, I think she she's described herself as a badass in a pink power suit, and boy is she. Um, her MO is putting power in the hand, hands of women. She is just undeniably, unapologetically, you know, for women, about women, reaching back, pulling forward, lifting up, and shattering the glass ceiling. And, I mean, it's in the name, the pink ceiling. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's what you need to know. And, you know, her tw- her advice to herself or what she'd tell her 20-year-old self is probably something I wish someone had told me a long mm-hmm. time ago and probably should tell me daily is waiting for it to be perfect is only slowing you down. Go. Yeah, I love that. You know, we're going to do someday, this is Gina's idea, we start asking people in certain roles what they would tell their 20-year-old self. You know, we're going to do a feature on this someday yeah. where we share everybody's advice. So. Um, but the next one is, I know, a favorite of yours as well, um, meeting her at the photo shoot. You know, she really, it really moved you. It did. I had not, for many reasons, I had not met Elena Garman 
of Garmin Homes. She's founder and CEO with her husband of Garmin Homes. And she's this pint size, which doesn't sound right. I mean, there are very few people that are shorter than I am, and she's about my (laughs) height. Um, This long, curly hair, just spunky. And she walks up, and we start talking about building homes. And and she tells me that she started out in, you know, went, went to school to be in, you know, sort of healthcare, and got fascinated by building homes and wanted to build homes. And this year, they're giving away 17 homes through Habitat, Wounded Warriors, you know, all of this. She also has a blended family of her own of five children. And so (laughs) as somebody who's raised four, raising four, that, you know, it's, so it's really, she was really, she's all about community. Mm -hmm. Yes, she runs a big company and has lots of employees, but she is really committed um, to leaving this world a better place. Yeah. And, and Raleigh a better place. One of the other programs she was working with was the Farm at Penny Lane, and that mm-hmm. program helps people with mental illnesses find affordable homes. And so I think that's also a full circle moment, a home right. builder to to be helping people find affordable living. Um, and she said what she loves most about Raleigh, which resonated with me. I love it isn't trying to be like any other city. It honors the old while also making space for the new. And I think that is something that we try to communicate a lot is that we, we as in me and you yes. in the magazine, we lift up how Raleigh's developing. And I think sometimes that message gets lost that we still, we don't want Raleigh to lose its identity. We This, what she no. said, embodies our MO, yes. which is that we want to honor the, role, the old, keep Raleigh boring to some extent, right? Yeah. <laughs> but also, we all, I like, say it all the time, and I'm <laughs> sure that Charlotte one day is going to come looking for me. I don't want to be Charlotte. I, I don't mean, want yeah. a bright, shiny building. I want to keep our, I want to keep our, the cool history woven into the new stuff. Well, that's an excellent segue into the next (laughs) group that got nominated as one. You know, these people were not, this, this group of four women were nominated multiple times. And, and I, I really think it speaks to so many things we talk about. These are the four newly elected city council women, Mary Black, um, Megan Patton, Jane Harrison, and Christina Jones. And it wasn't, and they weren't nominated so much for what they have done, but for what they may do. And also for the fact that, and I like to say, they didn't sit around and bitch and groan and moan about what was wrong with Raleigh. Mm -hmm. They decided that there was something they didn't necessarily like, and they got involved. Yep. They decided to run for office, and all four of them won. Yeah, and we didn't tell them that they won as a group. We we interviewed, the edit team interviewed them independently. We didn't tell them they won as a right. group on purpose. And I like that some of what they say about Raleigh and representing Raleigh echoes each other. Yes. So Harrison says they want to be tireless advocates for our neighbors this generation and the next. And Christina Jones says, it's always been important to me that those who say they represent us make sure to spend time learning about what matters to us. Mm-hmm. And that she wants to be the kind of leader she wishes she had, one who listens to understand instead of just to respond. And I like the show up, stand up, speak up. Instead of sitting at home talking behind the scenes about what you don't like, this group decided to do something about it. And they are part of the youngest, most diverse council this city's ever had. Mm -hmm. And they also, more than one, talked about it being a place that the future future residents would want to live in, whether they reference their own children or just residents in general. Um, I know Christina said she wanted it to be a space that she hoped 
her children would want to call home someday. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's something that Megan echoed as well. Just that Raleigh will have enough opportunity, culture, creativity, and affordability that her daughter will one day choose to build a life here. Right. For all. For all. So I think that, you know, they're they're intentional, they're analytical, mm-hmm. they're determined. I think Christina said something to you in person that really is worth sharing because it wasn't part of the interview that what you expect going into office and what happens when you get there. We did. I said to her, I, that was the part about being out there for the photo shoot. I got to really meet these women and talk to them. And she said, I said, it's one thing to run for office and have and to say what you want to do, but what's it like when you're actually sitting there and having to make these decisions? And she goes, it's totally different. Mm-hmm. She said, it's it's overwhelming. And she said, and you also realize that while you may have been sitting at home thinking, what are they thinking? Or this is a, she said, you realize that there are so many elements that come together that I had never thought about. Mm-hmm. It was an eye-opening moment, I thought. Yeah, and I think that speaks a lot of her character that she can just so bluntly say that, admit to that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you you like to talk about fresh blood mm-hmm. and in a lot of different contexts, but I think this is one where, you know, they are poised to serve as change makers for a rapidly rising city. Sure. And they're, they've been seated to do it. So, And I, we are going to, um, we have a partner with this that I'm excited about. HMD Development and Construction is a old Raleigh company. Two brothers have been here for many, many years, and they have, they themselves have helped shape spaces that you enjoy. They are the upfit uh, construction company that helped with the new Good Nights Underground, mm-hmm. Cape Fear Seafood. Um, lots of medical offices. They do incredible work, and they wanted to be part of honoring these women. And so, um, coming up in at the end of March, we were because they all wanted to meet each other. We're going to gather these women and present awards to them and celebrate them in person. And so, it'll be nice for them to all. Um, meet each other. I know. I'm very excited. And we're going to also, um, the feature opens with a nod to the six women that you mentioned yes. at the top, you know, the mayor and the police chief, and we're going to include them in that. So yes. I'm very excited. We'll look out look out for that on our social media and in our Be Seen pages, I'm sure, eventually. Um, but speaking of historic moments, you know, with you mentioned the youngest and most diverse city council ever, we also have, for the first time in Raleigh's history, all three TV morning meteorologists are women. It's another story that we tell in this issue, and it was another story for me that was a huge honor to be a part of, and it was a personal one for you. It is. So my background is I spent almost 12 years in television news and actually ended up back in Raleigh, sort of my home, um, helping launch um, what CBS 17 is today, but it was NCN Channel 17 at the time. And when you see this, Elizabeth Gardner and I were actually interns in television together in the Greensboro market. Way too many years ago, and she doesn't want me to say, and I'm not going to say, a long time ago when we were starting our careers. And so it's been really, it's incredible to watch, as somebody who grew up in this market, watching television news, and most of the time it was a man in a suit, to see these women of all different ages and backgrounds and Mm -hmm. ethnicities rise up and and have these positions is pretty exciting. And And they're incredible women. This was fun. This was definitely a highlight of my career, hands down, bar none. Um, We met them with the photographer, Joshua Stedman, who's a phenomenal photographer. Um, I cannot wait for the city to, well, by now, when this is airing, you've seen it, hopefully. If not, please grab an issue. But um, we met at Raleigh Ironworks, 
And I don't believe any of them had been there because not much is open there yet. And so it was fun for them to see that. They don't get to meet each other, right? Because they're all on the air yeah, at the same, same time. time. And they and sleep. keep like, <laughs> like vampire hours, right? And so it was kind of fun to have them trickle in. Elizabeth Gardner was first. We chit-chatted with her. And then Laura got there. And then Quaylen came in. And while we were, while we were waiting for Quaylen just for a minute, the other two had taken their heels off and put on tennis shoes, which ended up After being something. Cast, yeah. yeah, well, in the beginning, and then yeah. they put their heels back on. It ended up being this sort of conversation starter that ended up making its way into the interview that was kind of a big deal about, you know, yeah, they've shattered this glass ceiling and they're on TV. And um, not to mention, you know, the national broadcasts are also having morning me female meteorologists. It's a mouthful as well now, and it's this huge moment, but they're getting emails about what they're wearing. Well, that's never going to change. I mean, we just laugh because, you know, the men can wear, and, and they said it, the men can wear the same suit probably five days in a row, change the tie, maybe change the shirt. They can wear tennis shoes under the desk. No one ever knows. But you, you know, I thought Quaylen's story about wearing pants. Oh, that was funny. She says, she got an email or somebody <laughs> made a comment about Quaylen's wearing pants and she goes, so is John Clark. Exactly. And I we thought, all cheered. I know. I thought it was awesome. It's we like, all cheered. And then Elizabeth's was like, I want to wear my Vans. And we're like, do it, girl. But um, <laughs> there's some backstory here. It's definitely a story worth reading. Um, you know, Gina had alerted me to the history that I wasn't that familiar with about the history of Weather Girls quote. Um, and just sort of like the Vanna Whites of weather is is the short of it. And just to, to go from there and learn about who the first actual like scientific female meteorologist was and then another one to be the first on TV. And it wasn't that long ago. And yeah. so for our market to have three females leading the TV broadcast in the morning is just such a huge deal. It is. And so, it was I, fun. It, it was, was a it, lot of they fun. Are, they are so fun. Um, Elizabeth Gardner, who is with WREL, was the first female meteorologist hired in 1990. Or she'd been there but was promoted to that job in 1998. And she's a Raleigh native. I mean, she grew up here. so um, And her family has lived here. She's been here the entire time. Um, Quaylen Murphy's the newest to the market, um, I think. Yeah, so she she joined the Eyewitness News ranks on in 2021 um, from Pittsburgh, and she also had made stops and and you know I think Laura went around too, but she had made stops in Greenville, North Carolina, New Orleans that was a big one, and um, Pittsburgh where she's from, and and then here, and then Laura Smith was named the Morning and New Meteorologist in December, which rounded out the group. Yeah. So for CBS 17. Absolutely. And and it it was fun. So we did a photo shoot. We ordered these nice, beautiful red umbrellas because part of me was worried it was going to rain that day and we were not going to photograph meteorologists inside. Uh, it was funny. We asked them all kinds of things about why they didn't think more women were, you know, it took so long for women to do this. And, and they talked a lot about, you know, Women weren't pushed as much in the STEM. That's true. Area. I, it wasn't um, a lot of that answer wasn't what I expected because looking at the history, I think the education component's obvious in retrospect. Um, the first woman to be on TV as a meteorologist was told when she pursued her meteorology degree that she should get a degree in home ec because that was more fitting for a woman. So, of course, the education makes sense, right? But to hear it from them, no. And how much STEM has changed this field for women and, like, pushing women to science and that that you should and can and, you know, are welcome to do this. I also think it's interesting that we know that, you know, all of them had, like, a 
marred path into meteorology. Yeah. You know, they didn't just necessarily start there. It was a calling. And for for Laura, I think that spoke to me because it's so funny. And I lived in Chicago for a while. She's from Charleston. <laughs> and she ended up taking a job in Maine, you know, anchoring God morning news. And that's where she fell in love with the weather because her first assignment was covering a blizzard. And I think she said they picked it up on a national spot. Is yeah. That, yeah. And and then she just says, and you know, I I really identify going from Raleigh to Chicago. Like I felt like she was just telling, I get it. She's well, like, the doors are frozen yeah. shut, and this, and we have plastic on the windows. And I'm like, yep, yep. She goes, it wasn't <laughs> enough just to live there. You had to put plastic on the windows, and you had to be prepared for your car doors to be frozen shut all the time. I remember my friends in Chicago. Side note, being like, we're gonna go do a barbecue. It was January. <laughs> Our car doors are frozen shut, and we're like, we can't go anywhere. And these guys from Chicago were like, it's what, it's fine. And they, I mean, they just got the door open. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So I get what she's saying. It just fascinated her that weather could be so, I don't know, crazy. Yeah. I would check it out. I would definitely. And I would watch all three. You taped them as you were preparing for the story. You I taped did. the morning news with all three so, so you could watch them. I wanted to know, you know, I'm not up at 4 a.m. So I wanted to also watch like what they were like at 4 a.m. compared to like 6 a.m. And they joked about that. They were like, nobody watches. 4 <laughs> they say the 4 a.m. to 4:30 or the 4:30 to 5 Whatever is a time. rehearsal. Yeah, they <laughs> go, nobody's up, nobody's watching. So sometimes that's a rehearsal. They all three said the same. That thing. was so funny. And I was like, we should get rid of that. We'll do a um, what do you call it? A petition. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna put some of the outtakes of the photo shoot because. They all three have such amazing personalities. Um, and like I said in an earlier podcast, I ran into Elizabeth downtown and I asked her, I said, how uh, how many minutes do I have to get to my car before the rain starts? And she goes, you've got six. It's coming fast and it's going to go fast, but you're going to get soaked. I, I thought that was so funny that you ended up using her oh, as yeah. your personal um, forecaster. And if you thought you were getting out of this podcast without me telling how I <laughs> saved your life, you have another thing coming. <laughs> we'll make it brief. So we're outside of Raleigh Ironworks. They're doing the photo shoot. There's like a, uh, they've turned this patio into a stage, right? They moved all the furniture. And then there's this sunken area of like brush where Gina and Joshua are doing the shoot and Gina's next to his lap top and there's these huge like light shields on either side of you they're very heavy they have sandbags on them back behind this several feet is like a sidewalk i'm standing on for no reason other than god wanted gina to live <laughs> i made a choice about 20 minutes into this photo shoot to walk up and stand next to gina and i cannot make this shit up within two minutes or less of me walking up this gust of wind ironically in a weather meteorology photo shoot comes through, knocks over this massive, it's like a light. What it's you, a light. It's, it's a, a light. huge okay. light. Knocks over this light. And I, I'm clumsy. So it's amazing that this <laughs> happened. This is just sheer adrenaline. Like you hear people picking up cars to say lives and stuff. Like this is just God. Okay. So she's comes, going a little whatever. overboard the here. The light shields, it, cov it completely covers Gina and the laptop. Like they disappear under it. I caught it with my left hand, but like kind of like you watch somebody catch a football, like I caught it barely. And then pulled it in with my pinky. I was very proud. Oh, my God. How it was long did you so work on telling heavy. this story? It was so heavy. Joshua actually was worried that I broke my hand. And Gina goes, I can't make this up. Gina was like, she emerged. No, this is the best part. She emerges like Ariel out of the ocean and the Little Mermaid. <laughs> like, oh, I'm fine. I expected her to be missing an eye or like be engorged. No, she's fine. And so then I was like, oh, okay. And so Joshua realizes she's fine. Picks the light up. Like jumps over her. And then he looks. he's like, is your hand Okay. Before I can answer, Gina goes, it wasn't heavy. <laughs> Joshua goes, because she caught it. 
Uh, she did. And I don't <laughs> think a single day since we did this has she let it, it not be known that she saved my life. You're here because of me. Yeah, you're here because of her. She goes, you you could have lost an eye. And Josh is looking at me going, uh-huh, yeah. He emailed us after that and said, thanked me for saving her life. You go back and read that email I know, again. <laughs> I know. So rapid fire, I don't have much because, you know, we've we've shared a lot about these women. What was the one thing that you learned about any of the women or even um, our meteorologist, was there anything common theme or surprising thing that you came away with? Yeah, I think the common theme, if you really look at all of them, is being inspired by the women around them that you can do this because the the meteorologist spoke to education then a lot of the other women spoke to mentors. and And so I think the reach back and lift up that we talk about a lot is real. Yeah, and I think the thing that has really resonated with me since we started working on this was that sort of whether you feel like you should be at the table, whether you feel insecure about your voice, use it, have it, participate. Kimberly said it, be patient. You're not going to know it all immediately. Be patient with the process of learning. It's okay. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. But seriously, there's some amazing women in this issue. And check it out. Pick up a magazine. Please read it. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.